Hello, this is Reconstruction Calls. I'm your host, Spiritual Director Aaron Maines. Occasionally, I think it's a good idea just to listen to someone's story of their deconstruction and reconstruction. Years ago, when I was working in music, I met Bob Hutchins, who at the time owned a marketing agency. We haven't been in touch for a decade or so, but about a year or two ago, I noticed a change in his social media post. And so I reached out, and what I found was that Bob had been through a deconstruction of faith, and I wanted to know more about his reconstruction process. So that is today's episode. We'll listen to Bob's story, talk about learning to listen for God in new ways, and we will see how much he knows about his adopted hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Bob has written a book called Finally Human, using digital media to restore culture and better our world. So please hold while I get him on the line. Hey, Bob, thanks for being on today. Uh, I want to get started in the way that I always get started, which is help us get to know you a little bit in the quickest way possible. So just share with us what you know about your, uh, I don't know, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, Love Languages, Strength Finders, anything you might know. Well, I'm a big Enneagram fan, first of all. Thanks for okay. having me. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm an Enneagram 7 with a wing 8. Okay. Uh, I can I can easily go to my place of health, which is a 5. So I love hanging out with 5s. Yeah, cool. Uh, and <laughs> this I will be a good podcast I'm, for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm very stressed. Uh, when I'm stressed, I, I become a perfectionist, a 1. Mm, and, uh, yeah. So those, that's really helpful for self-awareness for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, are you, uh, like gadgety or like techie? Oh, I know oh, yeah. a lot of sevens are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me the latest and greatest. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> I am waiting on delivery today from the new, have you seen the Apple, uh, magic keyboards that go with the new iPad pros? No, no, uh, that's such a cool. very, that's such a very seven thing to ask. It's, <laughs> it, it turns your Apple iPad pro into a full on laptop. It's oh, really nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That's really cool. What about any, anything else that, you know, um, you know, I have done other ones that I have gravitated toward any, the Enneagram mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to name drop here. So please forgive cool. me. Cool. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, but Ian Cron is a good buddy of mine. And mm -hmm. so when I was going through some stuff a few years ago, which we'll probably talk about, um, we, I really, uh, he really helped me out a lot. And in the midst of that, um, I discovered more deeply, the the value of, of the Enneagram, the value of self-awareness from that perspective. So yeah, I have sure. done the other ones. I just couldn't tell you, um, <laughs> what the ISMF, NFP, all that stuff mm -hmm. it just, it did not resonate with me as much as, um, the nuances of the Enneagram. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I get that. I think a lot of people tend to have one or the other that they sort of, uh, really get into. I, I mean, I think the Enneagram is certainly sort of trendy right now, but, um, you know, a lot of, I, it's funny cause like sometimes you'll, you'll say like, I'm into the Enneagram and then you'll find people who are like, Oh, I don't know anything about that. I'm, I'm a Myers Briggs person or yeah, however that works, sure. you know? <laughs> so yeah, they've definitely uh, more popular. Some of the bigger, uh, yeah, Myers Briggs. Yeah. Stuff. And I know yeah. like, uh, a lot of like workplaces use this disc mm -hmm. assessments as well. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, the typology thing is just a, is a, is a kind of cool thing to get to know yourself better. Really. I think the Enneagram mm -hmm. is super helpful when it comes to that. 
Yeah. Hey, are um, are do you want to play a game? Sure. Always up for game. <laughs> All right. This game is called Eat More Rhinestones. Since Bob lives in Nashville, I thought I would ask him some <laughs> Nashville questions. So uh, uh, Nashville is known for its music, but it's also the birthplace of some other items. And so I'm just curious to see what you know about Nashville. How long have you lived in Nashville? Uh, about 20, 21 years. Yeah, cool. So you should know these. If you don't, uh, I mean, living there 20 years, you're... You're, you're basically from there now. So. I guess. <laughs> um, although I know it's changed a lot in the last few years. But uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Question one. Mm -hmm. Teddy Roosevelt said it was good to the last drop. What coffee brand originated in Nashville? Maxwell House. Maxwell House. That's right. It was a hotel signature mm -hmm. coffee. The Maxwell yeah, House Hotel. Still there. The Maxwell yeah. House. It's still here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know when I when we when I first moved there, I was like, "That's weird. It's named after the coffee place <laughs> or the coffee." Yeah, it is the coffee place. <laughs> All right, one for one. Question two: The Goo Goo Cluster is the official candy of Nashville. Do you know where it got its name from? Ooh, gosh, I think I've heard this story, but it totally slips my mind. Maybe like. I don't know, somebody's kid or something? Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, this isn't official, but it's very much rumored to be the G-O-O -O stands for Grand Ole Opry. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, that, I, that I hope like that's right. I, I don't know it. I hope that's okay. right. All right. All right, lastly. So you can buy Nashville hot chicken at KFC, but where did it originate? Uh, well, that's that is debatable. But, um, I mean, there's Prince's hot chicken, which some people say is the original, um, or Hattie B's is the most popular. So Hattie B's is the most popular, but according to the internet, and so you know how factual that can be, it originated in, at Prince's hot chicken. So I'll give yeah. that one to you. So yeah, man, that's it. You killed it. You, you are a Nashville original. Um, there you, you go. You know all about it. So good yeah, job. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, I know about hot chicken and, and Maxwell House <laughs> coffee. In spiritual direction, one of the main things we look and listen for is God in our midst. We don't always know how to see God, and so the role of a spiritual director is to help someone look for and listen for God in new ways. So, Bob, as someone who's gone through a deconstruction and is working to reconstruct their faith, you know, just even in the past several years, I wanted to start by asking you a simple but deeply leading question, which is, where are you finding God right now? Mm, such a great question, Aaron. In nature, in, mm -hmm. in people, um, and, and without the risk, at the risk of sounding cliche, um, everywhere, uh, I think yeah. for me, that was the, um, the revelation and, and the uh, unraveling of, of some things that I had held so dear was that God was found um, almost exclusively in the Bible and, quote, mm -hmm. in the hearts of those who had, quote, accepted him. Right, um, right. And yet the, the reality, uh, my reality now, is I see God everywhere and... Um, you know, I've been I've been reading a lot about um, science and quantum physics and mm -hmm. the interconnectedness of all things, and um, just really contemplating that a lot. So, um, I I think 
I see God uh, in many places and in many people and and in many things. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully that's not too generalistic, but but that's that's kind of where my head is right now. You know, in spiritual direction, one of the things uh, we do talk about is uh, uh, God in four places, and and you're mm-hmm. alluding to it already, maybe without knowing it, but it is sort of God internally, God in other people, God in systems, and God in nature. Mm-hmm. And so often, when we are listening for God or looking for God, just sort of observing. Um, as, as people talk, uh, those are the sorts of areas that you might pick up on. So it's, it's very simple for me to say, oh, Bob's finding God in nature. And so mm-hmm. I might say, uh, well, how are you leaning into that? Um, how mm-hmm. are you leaning into, how are you leaning into seeing God in other people? Is that leading mm-hmm. you to seeing God in yourself? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, so you, the, one of the first things you said was nature. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So, so how are you, you know, maybe even, I mean, quantum physics could certainly be that, but how are you seeing God in nature? I am trying to be intentional about daily, um, engaging and spending time in nature. Mm, and, yeah. um, that is, super important to me, I think for my own mental health and especially with what we're going through now, um, Mm -hmm. you've got to reset your brain. Um, or I, I have to reset Mm -hmm. my brain, should I say? And, and the one way to do that is for me, it could be, uh, it could be a walk. It could be, um, a ride on my bike. It could be taking my longboard skateboard and just, just yeah. wheeling around the neighborhood. We live in a, in an area where there's a, a lake and there's some, some trails with lots of trees and nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I try to, to breathe in the midst of that, try to connect and observe, look up, spend time looking up. If there are animals or things like that, I try to try to notice that. So it's just a, mm-hmm. it's just a consciousness of saying, um, this is like oxygen and I have to do this daily mm, if I'm going yeah. to, you know, connect and refocus and reset and, and be healthy, be a healthy person. It's kind of my mantra lately is, um, you know, when you get on the, the plane and you're flying somewhere and the first thing they talk to you about is your your oxygen, if oxygen mask were to deploy, make sure you put your mask on first. Yeah. Right. And, right. Uh, that's kind of been my mantra is, mm. you know, that I, I really want to practice daily putting my mask on first. And that means taking self care, um, prioritizing mental health for myself first, and then I can serve and be the best for, for those other people around me. Yeah, that's good. I really like the idea of just looking up, like a like as a simple practice, just looking mm-hmm. up. There's, I think there's something to that in a sense of, I mean, I think what you're alluding to is like looking up in the trees, looking up into the sky. Yeah. Uh, but that that also puts you down below other things. So that's sort of an interesting perspective changer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't we miss so much. I mean just as simple as, um, you know, birds that are flying over or Mm -hmm. shapes and, and patterns of clouds or, um, 
you know, whatever it may be that's going on, um, we just don't spend enough time looking up and, you know, in the nighttime, just contemplating the vastness of the universe and, um, just your place in it. Uh, I think looking up periodically is always a good practice just yeah. to, just to find perspective because it's so easy, especially like I said, in, in the whole COVID thing, um, to be totally thinking you're the center of the universe and that this is all there is. And you get overwhelmed with the monotony of some of it. Um, it's really healthy. Yeah, life, sure. At least for me. So let me ask you if you'll just share some of your story. I think it will be good for all of us to hear. Um, I don't always do this on the podcast, but just a bit of a sort of deconstruction, reconstruction story. I think it might be good. Uh, you know, I was brought up in a, in a very a traditional family uh, mm -hmm. environment, uh, conservative Christian um, home, uh, grew up, you know, at church two, three times a week. And, sure. Um, That's the only way you could do it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baptist environment. And, yeah. um, you know, have a lot of fond memories of, of that upbringing. I have two sisters, a younger one and an older, so I'm a middle child. Um, my, my father worked for the government. So, uh, we, we moved around a lot. I was actually born in Panama in the canal zone, mm. wow. um, moved from there when I was about five or six back to the States for a while. Um, then, uh, spent a few years in Alabama, then left there, went to Puerto Rico, um, spent a few years, formative years there. Um, and then uh, we moved to Miami and, mm. you know, from probably about junior high on until I was married and my wife and I lived there for a year or two after we were married. And we moved to Texas, back to Florida, to, then to Nashville. Um, so, you know, my life has been one of, of, you know, travel and experiencing many different things. But... Through all that, the, the thread that was consistent was, you know, that that faith, uh, that particular type of faith, and um, and and while we have always uh, been somewhat ecumenical in, in different types of churches, I would say evangelical, conservative Christian would would be the thread that that we stayed in, sure. Um, until, well, I can only speak for myself uh, about. Three years ago, I was I ran a I ran an agency of business for about seventeen years that I started here in Nashville shortly after I moved here, and um, it it was it was fine, and it we have I had a lot of good good experiences, a lot of good things. Um, the last four or five years of the business um, started getting what I realize now, uh, getting bored, um, isolating myself. Um, and really had a kind of an emotional, spiritual, psychological kind of breakdown. Mm. Business, business failed um, through it all. Um, lost, uh, lost everything, honestly. Mm. Um, lost a lot of friends and lost a lot of money and uh, yeah. all that good stuff. And, you know, it really affected my family in, in some hard ways. So, so that, um, that experience was uh, a real turning point for me. I kind of woke up 
Um, the other side of that, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, I hit a wall going 100 miles an hour with my with my foot on the accelerator. And when I woke up from that, I kind of woke up to a totally different reality. Um, and it wasn't that I was running away from something um, or that I was trying to change something. It just, the re- the world as I knew it was not the same. Mm, yeah, um, It's almost like you woke up from a dream into another reality and you're like, <laughs> I, I don't see things the same way. I can't, believe the same things. And this is not just religion and faith, but it was just, just in general, there was a heightened sense of, oh my gosh, I've been so non-aware and unself-aware. I've got to get some self-awareness. And that's Mm, where, you know, guys like Ian and the Enneagram, you know, kind of entered my life. Um, Sure. That was a game changer. He also gave me a book called Falling Upward by Richard Rohr, which Um, I would say probably was the most influential at the time. uh, It's like the, it's it's like the best book to give anyone who's like deconstructing. (laughs) Yeah. Especially in midlife. Right. So yes, absolutely. So you're kind of going, Oh, I'm not crazy. Um, I'm not alone. Um, this is, this is, this has been going on for, the dawn of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and so, but it, it wasn't any less painful or, um, the grief wasn't any less, um, because you do have to unravel much of your identity. And so much of that identity, Aaron is, it wasn't bad. Um, it, it, there was, I, I was for the most part, a nice guy. Um, like all, like every human being, there's many parts to us and mm-hmm. there were some good parts and there were some ugly parts. And, um, but I had never really, um, I'd never really dealt with a lot of things. And, and, and as an Enneagram seven for your listeners who understand, um, that whole kind of understanding of the human, uh, parts and condition, you know, we, we outwardly can be very positive. We love to reframe negatives into positives. Sure, we, sure. We're entrepreneurial. We're creative. Um, we're always up for a good time. But what what people don't maybe always understand, unless you are, you you do manifest your energy that way um, in the seven realm is, um, and you do adapt to life that way. Is that there is an under current of stress and anxiety that is always present. Mm. Um, it's always Mm. humming and buzzing. Um, and for many of us and specifically for me, um, you don't even realize it's there yourself. And, you know, and now I look back and I say, wow, this low level depression, this low level anxiety and stress, um, was there as long as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't realize yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, um, you know, just things like that. And then, and then you begin to examine, you know, this new reality that you wake up to and you're like, Oh, maybe this idea of certainty and 
quote truth that I claimed I had and was so certain of that controlled the way I looked at life and people and, you know, conversations I was supposedly having in my head with something outside of myself, maybe, maybe that's not what it was. Maybe there yeah. was something else going on. Maybe there was, and maybe I don't have the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And maybe my tribe doesn't have the absolute truth Mm. because everybody in the world is saying their truth is absolute. And Mm -hmm. so, and I'm like, yeah, that became a reality. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it just became, began to unravel. But the beautiful thing in the midst of the pain and the struggle and the, the grief was I did begin to see that there was a bigger uh, unfolding of you know, what some people call, call God or the universe or, mm-hmm. or love itself. I mean, even scriptures say God is love. Um, you know, that, that is, there's something, um, universal and permeating in that. And for the first time I was able to sit because I had the time, um, and I was in the mind frame to sit and observe, uh, nature and uh, think about things more deeply and begin to make those connections to say, well, maybe, maybe this whole idea of faith in God and, and whatever you may call it, maybe it's much bigger than I ever dreamed. Mm, um, that's a good then, place to be. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, well, how, why wouldn't it be? We're talking yeah. about the infinite. We're talking mm-hmm. about the universal. We're talking about, you know, the, the supposed source of all life and everything mm-hmm. that we know in the natural world um, and spiritual world, of course it's bigger than I mm-hmm. framed it. Of yeah. course it's bigger than a 2000 year old book. And that's of course it's, of course it's bigger than, than, you know, the construct of the past 150 years, which is mm-hmm. American evangelicalism. Yeah. Of course yeah. it's bigger than that. And if it is, what do I do with that? Because mm-hmm. um, then, then you say, okay, well, the next step is, are you going to acknowledge that and live in that truth and mm-hmm. be authentic to which you've gone the other route and you realize where that got you. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be authentic and live this truth, that means you're going to have to step outside of that, those, that way of being and living. Um, like, you know, Richard Rohr says you transcend and include. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so how do you transcend that and try your best to include while, you know, in a place that you live in the Southeast United States, where that's such a big part of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. your community, your work, your existence, your, 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 your friendships, your business relationships, so many of, of those fit and live within that construct. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's an uns, kind of an unspoken thing is, you know, you don't, if you veer outside of that too far, you know, there are many in that construct who will write you off pretty quickly. Sure. Um, sure. And I'm not saying everyone's like that. I found mm-hmm. so many people on the similar path, but um, those are all things that you have to struggle through and, and work through and, you know, your friendships and your marriage and mm-hmm. your, your, your fam- family, extended family. And so <clears throat> certainly not for the faint of heart, 
but um, he, here's what I know for a fact, Darren. Um, I'm still working through those things and yeah, I still sure. have good days and bad days and it's still, um, it's still, it's still difficult at times, but, but I do know this is that I'm a, um, I'm a more self-aware person. Mm. Um, I feel as though I'm a more empathetic person for the most part. Um, and I do feel like my moral compass has changed in a good way. Um, because I think the classic exam, the classic answer, um, that so many people will want to ask is, you know, if you go outside of these bounds, then it becomes a slippery slope and you have no basis for morality and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. I would argue it's the other way around. I think when you outsource your morality, when you outsource your views of, of right and wrong, when you, when you indoctrinate your own heart that says you can't even trust your own heart and your own mm -hmm. self. Um, I think that's a, that's a recipe for psychological disaster, immorality, yeah. wow. um, all kinds of stuff, because you're saying that you can't trust your own, Mm -hmm. um, well-being and judgment and discernment that you have to trust something that was written thousands of years ago. You have to, you can't trust yourself. You have to go to someone who is in higher authority. Um, to me that, that is not the way that I believe as human beings, we're originally wired to function. Mm -hmm. And so I began to connect those dots and be like, my sense of justice, my sense of right and wrong, my sense of love and kindness and inclusion for people, all the things that Jesus apparently was talking about and trying to get across now took on a whole new meaning mm -hmm. um, outside of this construct. And it's like, this whole thing is upside down. And then I realized, I'm realizing, no, it's not actually. Maybe this is just the way it, really is that mm -hmm. all of us as human beings are born with this inherent, um, you know, God-like connection that, you know, we were meant to, to, to foster and nurture and grow in. Um, and I believe that's what Jesus was trying to get to the point. He was saying, yeah. you know, all this religious stuff is hindering you and yeah, there's some wisdom in it, but you know, he would say over and over, like, your writings say this, and your prophets say this, and your your scriptures say this, but, but I say this. Mm, sure, um, yeah. And so I think you know that's where I am right now, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that that could change tomorrow. But yeah. uh, the the beautiful thing is I'm fluid and open to trusting where you know my true self, my heart is leading. And, um, I don't think it's going to lead me down a wrong path. Yeah. Like absolutely. I used to believe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that is the, uh, the sort of operational place for someone who's in reconstruction. Um, mm. certainly, uh, a lot of deconstruction occurs because, we thought we had the answers, but it turns out we just had more questions than we had answers. And I think a, a heart that's ready for reconstruction is a heart that says, I don't necessarily need the answers. I just need to be on the right path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, uh, as, as we go through reconstruction, we uh, often need to find new ways to see God, as we kind of already alluded to. But sometimes we end up mixing our new ideas with, with some of our old ideas. I don't, either it's just out of habit or it's just not uh, something we're very skilled at yet. So I wanted to ask, how often do you find yourself looking, uh, like looking for your old ideas of God, even if it's like sort of mixing up, I have, you know, it's like, I have these new ideas of God. I want my heart to lead and come from an authentic place. But then sometimes it's like maybe out of habit or whatever, <laughs> however else it, sl- it slips in, um, we, we end up so- sometimes confusing uh, old ideas. So I just wanted to see um, where you're at in that process of, of listening to, or, or you might have conflicting messages between sort of new ideas and old ideas. So I'm just kind of curious where you're at with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you do this all the time. So I know the question comes from experience. And and, and it's a great question because, uh, you know, I believe we have programs, we have habits um, that don't go away very quickly. And especially, mm-hmm. especially um, when you're brought up from a child, from an infant, that I know my parents were doing the best they thought they mm-hmm. were doing. I know that it came from a pure motive that they believed this was right and this was what was best. But sometimes um, there's a lot of indoctrination, um, and I say indoctrination, but people might think that's harsh, but it really is. You, you're you're mm-hmm, being sure. taught over and over and over from the time you're a child all the way through adulthood certain things that aren't helpful. And so, um, you know, one of the things that has been so positive in all of this is the freedom, the freedom from the inner voice of always trying to determine um, what another human being, where another p- human being is in their quote, spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this inner mm-hmm. voice constantly that I think those of us who are brought up in some of these structures that you're always wondering, okay, I need to share the gospel with this person. This person's not a, not a quote Christian. They're not a believer. Um, can I trust what they say? Where are they coming from? Can I work with them? Um, do I need, I, I need to go meet with them because I got to have an opportunity to share Christ. It's just this ongoing kind of um, background noise that never allows you to just um, exist and be with another human being and just appreciate them for who they are yeah, as a sure. human. Um, and I think turning that, radio signal off is really hard um, Mm. when it's been running for, you know, decades. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, just be like, okay. And and I find myself sometimes having to just stop and be like, make a mental note of just saying, okay, I know where that's coming from. I'm going to turn that off. Mm. Um, Or, or another one might be, you know, looking for meaning in everything and looking for connections in everything. Um, you know, like something happened and um, I might, you know, in my old life, I might say, oh, that's a God thing. Yeah. It, sure. It's like you attribute <laughs> positive th- things that happen in your life 
um, to God and then negative things, you never say that's a God thing. Mm, Um, And so I think, I think that's a, that's another kind of habit that we, that I'm learning how to get out, out of and just be like, you know, everything unfolds, I believe the way that it's supposed to unfold and how Mm. you're able to recognize the connections, because I do think everything is connected in some levels, even down to the cellular level, uh, anatomic level. Um, and then, you know, instead of, instead of attributing good to God and bad to, to, to the devil or whatever you want to attribute it to. Right. Right. Um, just unplug those channels altogether and say, you know, it's really not about that at all. It's not about, I get so frustrated now because, um, I just, you you see bad things happen all around you. Uh, and you see good things happen all around you and Mm -hmm. to try to co-opt it and try to say, well, this is something that God has done, and this is something the enemy has done, or this is something that people have done, but this is something that only God could have done. I just think that's a recipe for um, for tribalism. It's a recipe for, I think, some mental instability, uh, if that's how you really try to parse up your life. And that, again, that sounds harsh, and people may not like to hear that, but all I can speak at is, is out of my personal experience mm-hmm. and those well, people and, that I know personally. Yeah. And it's, it is sort of allowing, essentially it's allowing the mystery to just be. And so rather than having to put a name on it, like God did this or the devil did this or that sort of thing, it's, it, it's, it's just letting something be and, and letting, letting the wisdom of, of sort of just living into it become what it's going to be also. And, you know, I think that is a, a learning area or like a growing edge for all of us. Um, and it's a practice skill. And so the more mm-hmm. we do it, the more we're able to do it, uh, naturally rather than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, letting it interrupt ourselves or interrupt our lives and say, uh, well, uh, I have to, I have to really put a name on it. Is it this way or mm-hmm. is it that way? Um, so rather than having to do that, we can sort of just say, I will just let things be as they are and embrace that, you know, I have something to learn in the process or, or um, that I can just be with God in the process and not necessarily have to uh, say, this is closed or it's done or it's final. It just sort of is. And I'll, I can allow it to be that. Bob, thanks for your time today. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, it's just good to hear sort of uh, someone along their journey. And so thanks for yeah, sharing. For sure. Uh, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, what has you hung up right now? So maybe it's a book or a, a podcast or a movie or uh, some, even something super random, whatever it is, we, we want to know what you're paying attention to and how that's affecting you. So um, what might you recommend to us? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm a big reader. I'm a voracious reader. Um, I listen to audible books all the Mm -hmm. time. I have books that I'm ordering from Amazon that I probably have four or five that I I'm reading through at any given time. I listen to a ton of podcasts. So, um, you know, again, as an Enneagram seven, I can't pass up any good opportunity, (laughs) but, but having said that, um, there's a Netflix 
show that's new out that I would recommend anybody who is interested in this discussion we're having to to kind of to kind of look at it with um, not only uh, an open mind but also um, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a it's it's a show called Connected. Okay, and it um, and the way the way that I heard about it is uh, the creator, the producer, and the main star of it, it. It's a it's called his name is Latif Nasser. He's also a producer on a couple of podcasts that I listen to. Okay, but um, but it's called Connected, and what he does is he travels around the world, and he's a science journalist, and mm. He investigates the surprising and intricate ways in which we're connected to each other, the world, and to all things. And so he'll go to, so for instance, he'll go to the Sahara Desert Hmm. and there'll be a scientist there and he'll talk about like, let's talk about the sand and the dust and this, this Saharan, um, wind that sweeps across the world a certain times Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. year this dust storm and, you know, the scientists will start talking about, you know, this dust is made up of organic chemical uh, uh, residuals and there's certain, you know, elements and, you know, all kinds of things. And it's uh, 10,000 year old fish that have disintegrated. Mm, wow. and what we have is the minerals that are left from this desert that used to be an ocean and mm. it blows across uh, the world. And at certain times it, it butts up against other types of trade winds and, and keeps, um, hurricanes from happenings too frequently. And then from there, it goes to the, to the rainforests of Brazil and the soil actually is not real healthy there, but when the rains come, this dust then with all its minerals are given down into the ground and it fertilizes. So, so this, these 10,000 year old fish are the ones that keep your hurricanes away from destroying your homes. And at Hmm. the same time, fertilize the, the rainforest, which give us all other kinds of things. Wow. It's just stuff like that. Right. So um, it's really interesting to see it from a scientific viewpoint to say, you know, we're, we're really all connected and all things are connected and the whole world is connected into this giant, beautiful, interrelated cosmological thing that actually feels like it has um, planning and life and it's actually living itself and we're just part of it. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find out more about Spiritual Direction and me, Aaron Maines, at my website, www.aaronmaines.com.